Hey, Penrith Baptist Church. Uh, welcome to uh, week 10 of our Revive series. I want to start by sharing a story that will lead into and introduce our topic for today. Uh, when Sam and I were getting ready to move to uh, America with our kids, a lot of application process uh, are, are part of that. And one of the steps in that process was that we had to go to the US consulate in Sydney and have an interview. Uh, interesting thing about consulates um, is that you actually end up, even in your own country, standing on foreign soil. Uh, so to walk into a US consulate, uh, the one that's here in Sydney, you essentially leave Australia and you're standing in um, America, uh, so to speak, obviously not geographically, uh, that would be weird, but certainly in the context of um, how consulates work, uh, you essentially step into a world of being in the US when you're in the US consulate. And uh, so it's an interesting experience. I want to share a bit of that experience with you because part of the process was that we had to go to a certain building, you go up to a level and you do some administrative uh, steps there, hand in some paperwork, that sort of thing. And then you sit and then you wait until it's time for your interview, in which point you're uh, taken to a lift and you go up to some uh, high level in one of the buildings there in the city. Uh, great views, by the way. And you step out of the lift and you step into the US consulate. And we had to go and have an interview, be asked questions, questions like, why are you wanting to go to America for this extended period of time? Uh, what are you going to be doing there? Asking questions about my employment, uh, what I'm gonna be doing, how long we wanna be there for, all those kinds of questions. And part of those questions, uh, they're trying to assess whether our uh, request to go there is legitimate. Uh, should they have any concern about us going and living in America? Uh, all those sorts of things, part of that is determined right there in that interview. And so Sam and I uh, have that interview and we're being asked those questions by the person on the other side wearing uh, their uniform um, with American thing, uh, flag on the, on the sleeves and uh, it really was feeling like we had stepped into uh, America. Uh, I guess that's the nature of consulates. But interesting that I thought that I had when we were there um, was that the person who was asking us questions and making determinations on whether we could or could not um, go to the US, they were asking questions on behalf of the USA on behalf of the USA government. They weren't making determinations based upon, oh yeah, we think Scott and Sam are really nice people. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll let them in. No, there's certain criteria that they had to go through and that they had to, to work through and assess and based on those things, in the interests of the United States of America, will we let Scott and Sam and the family travel and move to the US? So the, the questions that they were asking and the answers that we were giving um, really had to uh, 
be a part of their determination process. It wasn't a personal level determination is what I'm trying to say here. They had to make those decisions based upon uh, the best wishes of the USA. Essentially, they're an ambassador. They were speaking on behalf of their country. They were making decisions based on, on, on behalf, sorry, of their country. And Paul talks about ambassadors a couple of times in the Bible, first in 2 Corinthians, which we'll go to first, and then a little bit later uh, in Ephesians as well. And I'll read out 2 Corinthians first, chapter 5, starting with verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Let me just hit pause on there for a moment, just as a little bit of an aside. Paul is trying to speak to the Corinthian church that the, the old is gone, the old you is gone, the new has come through Christ, the new creation. When we come to Christ, our old self uh, is, is effectively dead, but we are alive in Christ. So all the, the old Scott, all the old you, um, the, the issues and the hang-ups and the problems and, and, and all those things, that's old you. And now there is the new creation. And so I just want to encourage you, just that this isn't part of the, the message today, but um, just briefly to encourage you that don't identify yourself with who you once were. Don't identify yourself with the old creation, with the old you. You have been made alive in Christ. And so there's a new creation now that you are. There's a new confession, a new identity that you can have now because of who you are, because of what Christ has done. So we, we may still have our issues and we may still have our problems and our sin and, and some of those things that will pop up from time to time. But that is not who you are anymore. That's who you were and uh, and so who you are now in Christ is the new creation where you have the opportunity to live free of, of all those things. Back to these verses. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So that word ambassador, if you look up the dictionary, it says an authorized messenger or representative. So just like that person I was talking about at the US consulate, they were an authorized messenger 
or representative, Paul is saying, using that same language for us today to be Christ's ambassadors. We are Christ's authorised messenger or representative. And I was at a really important moment to go to that US concert because before that, I didn't really understand um, what an ambassador was. And I'm probably even still only describing a small portion of what an ambassador in today's modern world might be. But it was certainly an eye-opener for me to see more about what a, uh, an ambassador really is. Because I used to think, hey, if we're just kind to others, if we're patient with other people, don't use bad language, don't gossip, you know, show good character, make good choices, even when no one else is looking, give anonymously to those in need. I used to think that those things were being an ambassador for Christ. And certainly they are to a level, but there's so much more to it. To be an ambassador for Jesus is so much more. And that's what I noticed when I went to that consulate in Sydney, that there was a lot more about being an ambassador than I, than I first realised. That we get to speak on behalf of Christ. That we the things that we do are on behalf of Christ. And so it's more than just acting and behaving in, in particular ways. It's understanding now that our words are on behalf of Christ. Our actions are on behalf of Christ. Our choices are on behalf of him. How we speak about one another is on behalf of him. How we speak about his church is on behalf of him. How we treat one another is on behalf of him. The grace we extend, the mercy that we show, the love that we give, that the faith that we live out and the hope that we have, all those things are part about being an ambassador for Christ. And that when people see us and they look, out, look at us and in our workplaces and in our schools, in our various settings, that there's something that they see in us and about us that doesn't look different. Sorry, that looks different to the world and looks different to their own experience because we are living out as ambassadors for Christ. In the back of our mind, we're, we're thinking, I'm representing Jesus today. When I go to the coffee shop, I'm representing Jesus today. When I go to school, when I go to my office, when I have that meeting, I'm representing Jesus today. And that can sound like a pretty heavy thing, right? To, I mean, that's because uh, we're not good at it. We're not perfect at it, certainly. And so we'll, we'll kind of have some days where we go, that was a great day to be an ambassador for Christ. And there'll be other days where we'll just shake our head and go, man, I don't know what I was thinking. I completely missed it today. And I'm sorry about that, Lord, that I wasn't a good ambassador for you today. But the great thing about being an ambassador for Christ is that we're not only called to be that, but he has equipped us to be able to do it. He has authorized us to do it. He has given us the ability to do that in the, in the new creation of who we are. In the verses that I just read, the very last verse in verse 21, where it says that God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God through Christ. So we can't be an ambassador within our own capacity and within our own abilities. Uh, no, we need to know, we need to do it from a mindset that it is the new creation. It's who we have become 
in Christ and who we are becoming in Christ, that we actually have the ability and the power to actually live out that. Because apart from Christ, we're not going to be able to do it. But with him, we can. With him, we can live that out and, and be ambassadors for Christ. Being an ambassador for Christ is actually just being all about Christ. It's about living for what he wants, living for what he desires and living for what his will is. Now, last week, Mark read a part of that same passage brought from the New Living Translation of the Bible, slightly different language, essentially meaning the same thing. But I want to read it in the, in the version that he read it last week. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And let's think about those words for a moment. God is making his appeal to who? To the world. He's making his appeal through us as his ambassadors, as ambassadors for Christ. And then it says, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So when we speak to people, we can plead with people knowing that we are speaking on behalf of Jesus. When we say words to that effect, come back to God. It's not just us saying, it's actually God speaking through us. It's us being ambassadors for Christ, empowered, authorized by him, with the Holy Spirit working in us and through us to actually go and be able to speak to people and plead with people in love and mercy and grace and saying, come back to God. That's about us being ambassadors. People coming back to God is why Jesus came. That's why Jesus went to the cross and he has sent us. And we're not, a, we're not alone when we feel like we're not doing a great job at it. We're, we're not by ourselves. We are not the only ones that can mess this up sometimes. And we, we see a couple of many examples in the Bible too that I'll just talk about quickly. The first one being Moses. When God said to Moses, Moses, I want to use you to, to set my people free out of uh, Egyptian slavery. I want to use you to bring Israel uh, out of their captivity and take them into a promised land. And, and Moses' response was, I can't do that. I can't speak. And God wanted to use him to be his ambassador. But Moses backed away. He, he stepped away from that because he didn't feel like he could do it even though God was going to be right there with him to use him to do it. And it ended up being that they would bring in Moses' brother Aaron to actually be the, the speaker. But God still used Moses, a bit of a reluctant Moses to begin with, certainly. And then there's another example that we read in the Bible, a guy called Peter. Peter has a, a bit of a reputation uh, for uh, acting first and, and thinking later. I'm not sure that's an, that's an a fair assessment of him, but, but he certainly has that impetuousness about him. But Peter was also one of the ones who loved Jesus the most dearly. Um, at least his actions that we read about portrayed that he was deeply, deeply 
uh, committed to following Jesus until Jesus was captured and Jesus was arrested and he was about to go through everything that would eventually lead to the cross. And he was, Peter that is, was accused or questioned. Hey, you know Jesus, don't you? You know, you know that guy. And three times Peter denied it. I think on one of those occasions, the Bible says that he swore uh, about it. How would you feel if you were Peter as an ambassador at that point, at that moment? I'm sure he felt like a failure. In fact, Jesus had a special conversation with Peter later on to bring Peter back and say, Peter, you, you haven't lost all here. Come back. Do you love me, Peter? Lord, you know that I do. And there was a restoration moment where, where Peter wasn't a great ambassador for Christ, but then from that conversation with Jesus actually went on to become probably one of the greatest ambassadors for Christ that we read about in the Bible. So what I'm trying to say is we may have our moments where we're not a great ambassador and we're in some good biblical company with that. It's not about necessarily how good we do, did we do it last week or how good we were as ambassadors um, the other day. We may have done it great. We may have had some challenging, hard days, but let's determine to live as ambassadors for Jesus today. Let's be mindful. Let's have a conscious thought that today I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to be his ambassador today. It's not whether we feel worthy of it. It's not whether we feel that we're eloquent enough for it. And it's not about how fearful I am. And I read these words from Paul in his letter to the Ephesians. And we, give it, we get a little bit of an insight from Paul because he's the one who talked about being an ambassador in those verses we read in 2 Corinthians. And he uses the same word here in Ephesians that I'll read right now. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Maybe there was something about Paul that had a little bit of fear there because he's asking for prayer so that he can be fearless. So maybe there's a little bit of a wrestle inside of Paul knowing I want to go and preach the gospel, but I'm a little bit afraid. And I can't say I blame the guy either. I mean, so many times he was arrested and put into prison, often beaten. Uh, so for him to proclaim the gospel, I get that I can see why he would be a little bit afraid. But still he prayed, Lord, I, I still want to be uh, your ambassador. I want to be an ambassador for Christ. I want to be an ambassador for the gospel and, and so pray that I'll do it fearlessly, that I won't back away, that I won't be scared to do it, but that I'll go in and do it. And I pray that's for us today too. When we're talking about being ambassadors for Jesus and pleading with people, come back to God, that we'll do it fearlessly, that we won't let fear stop us. But there's something on the inside of us will rise up and say, no, I know who I represent. I'm an authorized messenger of Jesus Christ. And so I am going to 
fearlessly speak to people, talk with people, talk to my neighbours, talk to my work colleagues, and just pray that we have those opportunities as well, that we could do that fearlessly. So what if God, who's God looking for for this? What if he's just looking for someone who's available? Because Jesus, it's all about him. It's about being an ambassador, not for an institution, not about being an ambassador for a country. It's not about being an ambassador for um, a church. It's not about being an ambassador of anything else. It's about being an ambassador for the person of Jesus Christ. He is our message. He is our focus. He is our purpose. He is our answer. He is our assurance. He is the source of our authority. He is the narrative. He is the story that we fearlessly declare. And I just want to end on a brief story. I'll do my best to keep it brief. I went on a missions trip to Vietnam in 2010, I think it was. And on that trip, we, we headed north to meet with a church that would often meet in, in different locations uh, for the purpose of not being found by the authorities. In the northern part of Vietnam, at least that uh, 12 years ago now, uh, it wasn't safe for Vietnamese Christians to gather together all the time. And sometimes they, they would get arrested, they would get questioned. In fact, one of the guys who had been leading us and, and showing us, our, our guide, uh, was brought in for questioning. We didn't know where he was. He was supposed to turn up one morning to take us to where we were going and he didn't arrive. Someone else turned up because our guide had been pulled in by the authorities to be questioned. Why are you hanging out with all those Westerners? One of our meetings with the church, it was a small church, a small church gathering. And I was asked to pray for this 16-year-old young man. And her, I listened to his story. He was 14 when he became a Christian, lived in a little remote village in Vietnam. When he became a Christian, his parents and the village said, you need to renounce Jesus or you have to get out of our village. To a 14 year old young man, a boy. His conviction was so strong that Christ was his Lord, that as hard as it must have been for him and how much anguish and rejection he must have felt in that moment, he made the decision, I can't renounce Christ. I can't leave, I'm an ambassador for Jesus. So you can't leave Christ is what I was supposed to say there. So he did leave the village. He did leave his family and went into the city where he ended up living with his sister. And I'm listening to him share my story, share his story. And they asked me to pray for him. And everything in that moment was saying, I need you to pray for me. How does a 14-year-old boy make such a conviction in his heart, make such a decision in his heart that he is going to live for Jesus to the point where it means leaving his mum and dad and leaving his whole village, everything that he'd known in his life to that point? How does a 14-year-old 
leave that not knowing where his next meal is going to come from, not knowing where he's going to sleep that night, not knowing where's his clothes that he's going to be wearing come from. He left with zero support. How does a 14-year-old do that? There's something in him that I felt, man, I, I need whatever that is. The good news is we do. Because what that is, is actually a who that is. And that's Jesus in us. That's who we live for. That's who the message is for. He has done the work in us. We are alive in Christ. And now we have an amazing opportunity to be his ambassadors in this world, pleading with others, pleading with our world to come back to God. That we could live that way and be ambassadors for Christ. That's our prayer. And that's our prayer for today. Let me pray. Lord God, I thank you for uh, your word. I thank you that we are called, Lord, to be ambassadors for Christ. But Lord, I thank you that we're not just called to it, but you've empowered us for it. You've given us the ability to do it. The old us is gone. The new us is here with the Holy Spirit living in us and working through us and teaching us and leading us, empowering us to live these lives, our lives for, for you, Lord. So I pray today that something would stir in us, something would rise up on the inside of us, that we would live as ambassadors for Jesus and that we would not be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because it is the power of God for salvation. Lord, let us live as ambassadors for you, knowing that what we say is on behalf of you, what we choose is on behalf of you, how we respond and how we interact with people. Lord, I pray that always in our thinking, always in our thoughts is that we're representing you and what's one of the greatest honours we could ever have. We commit all these things, Lord, to you. Do a work in our hearts today, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.